Notable for the Gareth Bale goal where he just basically signified the end of Rio Ferdinand's career. <laughs> Went past him like he wasn't there. Daily coming to you again from lockdown. Like everyone else, we hope the vast majority of people are staying safe, staying healthy, and that life can soon carry on in relative normality. Sim and Peter join myself, Ian Wallace, again to recall what can only be described as the bowels season. Sim, Peter, how are you guys? Uh, not too bad. A bit, uh, bit stir crazy, but went out on the bike today, so not too bad. Yeah, I, can't, I can't believe that March is finally over. Was, was that not the longest month of? The longest month you've ever known, March 2020. Yeah, it definitely was mad March, I think. Just so much happened. I mean, you, you, I'd love to see a time. I'm sure I'm sure one of the newspapers, I haven't read any papers today, but I'm sure one of the papers would have run with a timeline of this month and the amount of events and announcements that were made. I mean, we've known some bad marches as Spurs fans, but this has been something else. I was hoping that it was going to be it's... one great big April Fool's joke, the whole coronavirus thing, but it's obviously not. Because we're past midday, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? Anyway, let's let's crack on. Andre Villas Boash replaced Harry Redknapp in the summer of 2012 after Tottenham had sacked the 65-year-old, whose final season was littered with rumours that he'd be named the next England manager, and ultimately ended cruelly when Chelsea's fluke Champions League win denied us Champions League football for this season in question. We'll be talking about that latter disappointment tomorrow in our 2011-12 review. But how do we feel at the time, guys, when when first Harry went in June and then AVB was appointed in July? How did you feel, Sim? I would say the Harry era was probably... I mean, it's, it comes close to the Pochettino era in terms of fondness for me. I just love the way... I don't want to talk too much about that side because obviously we're going to talk about that season tomorrow. But just real sadness when, when he went at the beginning of that season and... You know, AVB, he still had a little bit of stock, didn't he, after what he'd done at Porto, but he completely bombed at Chelsea. And, you know, yeah, we, we, it felt, it very much felt like we were getting a Chelsea reject. And it took a long time to me, for me to kind of take to him. I've, I've got to be honest about that. Yeah, we've got another Chelsea reject, haven't we? How did you feel, Peter? I was totally devastated. I was devastated. I, I've, got, I've got a vision of him hanging out his Range Rover window on the way yeah, from the yeah. training ground, Sky Reporters asking him, and he's. He just sort of like shook his head and said, no, nope, they're not doing it, mate. They're not doing it. And I just remember, I've got my memories of his his grandson. He said, oh, my grandchildren have got Spurs shirts, you know, we're going to have to change our shirts now. I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was gutted, mate, gutted when he was sacked. I yeah, I think I, I think I think we all felt the same. Um, but yeah, it, I, it'd be it'd be great. He's never really come out as it. What sort of really went on was it? It must be some gigantic gagging order, on injunction, this, you know, yeah, or something. It must be because he's never really spoken out about it, has he? You know, but. I don't think he was bad. To be to be fair, guys, he, he, he chats uh, chats about anything. So is I think you're right, guys. It'd be interesting to see when that will come out one day. Yeah. After uh, AVB was uh, appointed, we brought in Gilfie Sigurdsson, Jan Vertonghen, Emmanuel Adebayor permanently, following an impressive season-long loan from Man City. Musa Dembele late in the window and completed a double swoop for Hugo Lloris and Clint Dempsey on deadline day. And highly rated German midfielder Lewis Holtby also arrived in January. 
Notable outgoings included Nico Crenshaw, Verdun Corluca, Sebastian Bassong, Stephen Pinar, but also Luca Modric, Rafa van der Vaart, and retiring legend Levy King. Jermaine Jenner uh, went to QPR also in the winters. So we got some good people in, but some real big players went out, uh, not not least Ledley King retiring. How did you feel about that, Peter? Yeah, no, it was just that I felt like um, he'd come he'd come to the end. It was very sad. Rolls-Royce of a defender, I thought, seemed to glide over the turf and never really sort of like, yeah. you know, had that speed. I think almost like, I, I put him above um, Saul Campbell, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in terms of... Um, I felt he made a perfect partnership with Dawson. I thought Dawson needed King alongside him. I thought as soon as we lost yeah, King, I think Dawson I went agree. Down, downhill. Tim, how do you feel about Ledley retiring? Was it quite dark days for you? Yeah, I mean, I'd always known Ledley King, not only at Spurs, but as the Spurs captain. And But like Pete said, it was the season before, it, it, it was clearly... It was clearly on the decline and just one one season too many in terms of that that awful knee injury that he had, the recurrent one, and it's sad because he was he was only thirty one when he retired, which just shouldn't happen. Should have lifted more than just a league cup for this. Yeah, it reminds absolutely. me of Paul McGrath, that guy at Aston Villa, who was like a great defender, yes. but just had chronic knees, you know, and couldn't train, and just a lot of similarity great between, between Lenny and him. Yeah, very it's sad to see. Him yeah, no, agreed. Going back to the players we bought, I mean, we spent sixty million on players, which in that you know that that was quite a big chunk of money, um, you know, in season two thousand twelve thirteen. But in typical Levy fashion, we got sixty six million, sixty six point five million in, so we made quite a profit on those. I mean, just just some notable ones who he sold. I mean, he sold Corluca, the locomotive Losco, five point five million, Besong, five point five million, Crenshaw, five point five million, Pinar, four point five. Modric was a big one at 33 million, Rafa at 10.3 million, and Giovanni de Santos at 1.7 million, which we'll come back to a bit later on. I just want to throw this in there because this is going to be a new thing every podcast. The average pint of a pint of beer, 2013, was £3.29. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, it, is this nationwide or, or in London or? Is done by the Office of National Statistics. I and mean, there's some places up north which is still £3.29, I'd say. Probably a bit more around East Dulles, <laughs> East Dulles <Dallas> tax. <laughs> <laughs> most, most definitely, Peter, most definitely. So, Sim, can you just sort of quote the facts of the season? That would be quite good if you can uh, do that for us. Yeah, sure. So we, we finished fifth with 72 points, which I found really interesting, actually. I, I, I do remember at the time it was our highest points tally in the Premier League ever. We're talking obviously 1992 onwards. It was a really, it was really difficult to judge the season because obviously you said in your opening it was the Bale season and you could never really judge how good the side was because of the ridiculously overbearing impact that Bale had on it. But I find it interesting that also to compare the fact that the season that we were talking about yesterday, which was such a resounding... um, kind of unanimous failure among all of us, among myself, Pete, yourself, Dan. But we only got three points less that season than this year. And Is that right? Wow. Yeah, and, and in the 15-16 season that we were sort of raving about and the 18-19 season that we were suggesting was quite a good season because we got in the top four in both those seasons, 70 and 71 in those two respectively. So this this season was, points-wise, you can't argue with it with ABB. Yeah, but, but that season where we took all those beatings, the season, yeah. the season after this one, we only got we only got one less point um, yeah. than we despite did in, all those beatings in fifteen sixteen. Yeah, oh, wow. 
That's, that's surprising. Yeah. That's interesting, that's amazing stuff. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But we finished uh, fifth anyway. And Peter, is there any sort of games in the Premier League? We'll come on to the Cups after. Is there any games in the Premier League which sort of stood out um, for you, Peter? I mean, you got you got your kind of low point, I suppose, was um, the game up at Anfield. I mean, I, we'd, I, I was due to go to uh, see Wilco Johnson's <laughs> farewell gig up in Camden, so I had to watch it in a pub in Camden, and he had uh, pancreatic yeah. cancer, and it was supposed to be his farewell gig. He's since gladly recovered. Okay. But uh, we watched Kyle Walker play a ridiculous back pass and turned around a, and I think Defoe, Gave away a goal as well, did he in the same? Um, yeah, I think yeah. he. I think he, he did. did yeah, and he came on as a sub, I think, and Jan had given us the lead, I think, and uh, I think it was the last goal yeah. that Jan had scored for years. But <laughs> I, I was just he scored twice actually. Yeah. he scored two yeah. in that game. He did, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just so disappointed to see us see us lose that game. A horrific march followed after that, having just beaten Arsenal. So yeah, that was a particularly low point in in that in that season. That was interesting, Pete. You said about that because in the games beforehand, we won. A, you know, we'd won about the uh, one, two, three, four games. We'd beaten West Brom away, Newcastle at home, beat West Ham away. We'll come on to that later. We'd beaten Arsenal at home as well, and then we lost to Liverpool away, and then we lost to Fulham at home. Oh, Fulham, Fulham. We went that, to that. That game. Fulham game was awful. I remember that was it. Followed the Europa League, which obviously, like you say, you're gonna we're gonna come on to. But it followed the Europa League tie, I think it was the last 16 against Inter Milan. And we'd gone all the way to to the end of extra time. We'd, we'd scraped through on away goals. And it was just the most abject, kind of lethargic performance oh, I, yeah. I think I've ever seen from a Spurs side. We had Bale and yeah. we had Bale in the side. He was, he was, he was not at it. Dembele and... That was we lost that game one yeah. 0 Berbatov scored Berbatov the winner. Scored, yeah, it's just, it's just lackluster, awful really. performance. And that was you talk about White Hart Lane as a ground, and we talk about how great it was when it was getting up and when the fans were behind the players. But on that day, I actually felt sorry for the players on the pitch, and I remember thinking, you shouldn't think this as a 14, 15 year old, however old I was at the time. But I remember thinking, I would hate to be out there right now because yeah. they didn't look at it. Very yeah. flat, just so yeah, flat, and the crowd flat, groaning every pass. It, that was a performance, particularly really bad. bad performance. That was yeah. that run that culminated in St Tottering's Day. <laughs> Before we lost to Liverpool away, though, we'd we'd lost about one game in about I don't know sixteen, seventeen games. It was like an incredible run we've been on. We lost away to Everton, but and we had, we'd had a few draws, but we you know we were unbeaten in a lot of games. You know, yeah, yeah, we had a good run. Well, I sort of had this view of looking back at AVB. I don't know if you guys share this. We always seem to seem seem to draw a lot of games under AVB. We we sort of we were solid, but we never sort of had that flair. Did you did you guys sort of feel that under AVB? Yeah, never. I was never excited by the football that he played at all. He had Bale, and Bale just became this unbelievable talisman for him in this particular season. He was just winning games on his own. I, th- I don't know what happened with Van der Vaart and Van der Vaart is really critical of him I, I believe I, I might be wrong there but I think Van der Vaart and him must have really fallen out in that pre-season which culminated in, in him leaving um, but maybe he kind of knew what he was doing when he because this was the first season wasn't it, that Bale started playing a bit more centrally or maybe coming a bit more off the right but certainly he was finding himself in more goal scoring positions and maybe that was something to do with AVB deciding he was going to build the team around him and maybe he just doesn't quite get enough credit for that. Well, I thought it was Harry that, that, that freed Bale off. 
But he was still yeah. playing on on the left in the season before. Where was he playing this season? Because I, I was just writing down earlier, like what I thought the line, the you know, the pretty much consistent lineup was, and I didn't really know where he played because Defoe and Adibayor played a lot. So I presumed he played as a roving, say, ten behind Defoe or Adibayor. What, what, what do you remember, guys? He'd already been freed off by Harry in the pre- preceding season. He started as a left back under Harry. And then he went up the left wing, yeah. and then he started playing him off Adebayor, and he freed him off the front man. That was Harry who did that. Yeah, he definitely did. Okay. So AVB just really followed on. But by the time AVB came in, Bale was a flat, had a roaming free roll. He was no longer a left winger at all. Um, and also, we, we had some noticeable results in that season. Um, I mean, we drew away at Chelsea, which was quite a good result. But we still sort of never, apart from beating Liverpool, who I think, I don't know, where did Liverpool finish that year, Sim? Liverpool, sure finished. Who, um, who was their manager? Um, it, was the, it was their first season under Brendan. I think they were, they were quite down, like seventh or eighth, one of them two. I don't. Apart from beating them, I don't remember and beating Arsenal. I don't think we beat. We drew with Man United. Oh no, we beat Man United away, didn't we? Who Did, remembers that game? Yeah, that was a classic. I had to work until lunchtime, and then we ran to Euston. Well, not literally ran. We drove to Euston, parked in the underground car park, got up there. Was it evening kickoff? Was it evening? Kickoff? Yeah, was it? Yeah, five thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Jan scored in that game. I think he opened the scoring, didn't he? Yeah, yeah that really reflective one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, but notable for the Gareth Bale goal where he just basically signified the end of Rio Ferdinand's career, really. <laughs> he just oh, kind of went past, remember that, yes. went, went past him like he wasn't there. Then he hit it across the keeper, reminiscent of Michael Owen in the in the World 98 World Cup yeah, where it went. It nestled in the yeah. far corner. Yeah, I can still see yeah. that. I can yeah. still see that nestling in as, when I close my eyes from that corner of Old Trafford. There, it's, it best seat a... we've ever had at Old Trafford. Guys, looking back at that game, I'm, I'm just looking at the goals in that game. I mean, we 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 went one nil up, then we went two nil up for 32 minutes, but then they came back to two one, then we went three one, then they went three two. But the goals are in the 51. 52 and 53 minutes so yeah. it was quite a do you remember that intense yeah, time there of celebration yeah. desperation away, yeah. yeah I just remember like Dempsey ended up scoring what proved to be the winning goal but uh, we'd witnessed so many Man United comebacks against so we were really like hearts in our mouths it was just great it was great to get that win at Old Trafford before yeah. Fergie went as well because we, we did do it the next season after that but it was moist so that would have been been leveled at us yeah. Never, yeah. Got, never got my head around why Dempsey ever had a number two on his shirt. Just didn't, yeah, seem, that was, didn't I, seem right. I didn't, like yeah. I didn't, like didn't seem right at all for a striker to have a number two. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Also in that season, a certain youngster called Harry Kane had a squad number of number 37. Mm. Uh, Michael Dawson was a club captain. How, how do we guys feel about Michael Dawson? Because for me, you know, I used to love Dawson. He was, a, he was love, first. I love him. Love him. Three and three. What did you guys feel? Meat and potatoes. Is, is, is he up? Is, yeah, meat and potatoes. That's exactly it. But he, needed, he needed Ledley alongside him. It's a great partnership. He would kind of like really do the kind of meat and potatoes stuff. And Ledley was almost like the Bobby Moore type. But Ledley was almost like good enough to play in midfield. You say that, Peter, about him needing Ledley and uh, Ledley beside him. But in that season, you know, and him and Vertonghen played you know, the majority of the games together. And Vertonghen actually got into the team of the season. Well, yeah, I mean, Vertonghen's is almost like a natural was a natural heir to the to, to King. If you think about it, he's he was obviously fantastic on the ball. Yeah. Got weighed in with a decent amount of goals in that season as well, and I think he he did help us yeah. to kind of get over the loss of King quite quickly. I, I did he did definitely make a really 
good, quick impression with the fans. Yeah, so, so you've got Dawson, you just asked about Dawson, I would say that, you know, whereas Jan and Ledley were like, you, I think you'd use the word elegant, I wouldn't use that word to describe yeah. Michael Dawson, but Michael Dawson was just all heart, put his body on the line, really sort of going where it hurts. Very unlucky, because he broke into the England squad and then picked up a really horrible injury playing for England, and I don't think it was ever really the same afterwards. Mm. Yeah, I agree. He was unlucky. He was playing his best football, wasn't he, Pete? And yeah. then he got into that England squad. That was a real shame because he possibly just... I don't know if he actually got a cap in the end, but I think he deserved one. But also in that season, um, Bow was the uh, third top scorer behind Van Persie and uh, Suarez. Obviously, Man United won the title that year. So he, he was third with 21 goals, which was quite impressive. What, what was your goal of the season in regards to the Premier League? And then we'll come on to the Cups after. Actually... In terms of Spurs, we went to the Man City home game and we uh, brought on Defoe, who completely... Cause we got one of those seats really low down, you know, in the old White Hart Lane, quite near the pitch. Yeah. And, and, and we saw the movement on Defoe. He just took the ball and took one step and just took company out of the game and then just curled it into the corner, which is a magnificent goal. That's yes, probably it's my, interesting. my favourite goal. That, 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 that was so live, to see it live. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember the the scoring of the game in that game though, Peter? Because we we scored it was really quick again, like seventy five minutes, eighty minutes, and eighty two minutes, like literally wiped them out of the game. And, and that Man City team was massively strong then. Yeah, we brought on Huddleston and he just changed the game. Huddleston and Defoe came on, and I think the game turned on there because they they were one 0 up, didn't we? Beat them yeah, they won ahead, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. And it was a massive it was a massive win in, in in five minutes. In staying in the the top four race, wasn't it? The top four race that we obviously missed out on in the end. But it was we, we didn't we didn't finish that season too badly. If you look back, I mean, after that Liverpool and no, Fulham two in a row, we but like you said, we we just drew too many games, and that Chelsea one at Stamford Bridge in particular. We went to was, Stamford Bridge still in the hunt for and the top four. Yeah. There was a really notable miss from Clinton Depsy because Sigurdsson had equalised in that game. It was kind of billed as Chelsea versus Gareth Bale. Yeah. And we will never actually forget the Adebayor goal in that oh, game. <laughs> so you yeah. talk about Linz, and that's probably the the craziest away end I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Un- it was like it was like a sea. People were people were leading. People were everyone was at all angles, and because we just didn't expect that Adebayor had been awful that whole yeah. season. And yeah, he picked the ball up on the yeah. just over the halfway <laughs> line, and then he just kept going, and then he just curled this delicious shot. Do you remember that games, guys? It was a very dramatic late goal from Dembele, wasn't it? To 
Yeah, to really snatch a rare goals, snatch yeah. a three-two aggregate win. But we all remember the home game because Bale got the two free kicks. But what about the Antiti goal? Oh yeah, yeah. This is, oh yeah. Remember that, Ian? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. I'm, actually, I went to that game. Actually. Like, I, I remember I went to that game and uh, everyone was laughing at me because it was Valentine's Day that day and they said, well, you're not very romantic, but, you know, it was Valentine's Day. Where, whereabouts were you sitting in that game? Because I just, I just want to picture what your view was for that goal. Yeah. I, I was on. The, I was at the side actually, so I was on the shelf, the bottom of the shelf towards the uh, Paxton end. So you would have had a, quite a good view. Yeah, right? you, the ball never deviated. I, I did think. have a good view. Of it. Mm. I think Brad Fiedel just watched was, the ball just was, sail past him. You know, it was just like in goal. I think, yeah. but, but you know what, Leon? But you know what? You look. You look back at that game. We, uh, Leon were a decent team at the time, so you know it was a decent scout for us. You know, we 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 didn't. Our European pedigree was only building then, so I think that was a decent scout, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they had some decent players coming through. Yeah, they did, yeah. And then we moved on to the round of 16. Sim, do you want to sort of uh, talk us through uh, the Inter Milan? Obviously, we'd beat Inter Milan a few years before at, at White Hart Lane in the Champions League. I mean, the funny thing was how much Inter declined. They were, they were pretty much on the decline from when Mourinho left them, weren't they? And they were Champions of Europe when we destroyed them. And I, I, can't, I, can, I can't do the maths of telling you what day we're going to be talking about that, but we will be soon. But they were sort of on the decline since yeah. then. I think Benitez the manager in that one. And by the time it got to this season, 20, 2013, they were just completely fallen. And, and we absolutely, well, me and Pete were at the first leg and we destroyed them 3-0 in, in the first leg at the lane. And it should have been tie over. And then subsequently went on to, to lose the second leg 3-0 as well. Which meant it had to go extra time and we just scraped through on away goals. We lost 4 1 on the night, but a Adebayo goal in extra time yeah. got us through that time. Yeah. I remember it started really early because I remember rushing from work. But one, one thing you talk about and then being in decline, I always remember this, that's practically empty because there was, I think the official attendance was, um, just, is, is 18,241 in a stadium which held about 80,000. So, was it really? I mean, they really were in decline. I think that sort of says everything. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? You get the San Siro. 18,000? Yeah, no, there was, there was, yeah, 18,000. At San Siro, yeah. My God. Yeah, unbelievable, eh? And then we went through and we drew uh, Basel. We had the first leg at home where we drew uh, 2 2. And I, th- I, I do really remember this. I really remember thinking, great, we can get to the final of this. This this will be not really great. I don't know if you guys felt that at the time. It's the one we lost some pens, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was. We drew two-two at home. Yeah. <laughs> we actually went two-nil down at home uh, to Basel. I think we underestimated them a little bit, and then Adibayor and Sigurdsson scored to equalise two-two. Yeah, Adibayor skied a penalty and then started laughing, which is unforgivable. <laughs> That's you right. can't do that. Yes. I don't know if it was a laugh or a grimace. Well, I could. Yeah. It was. He probably tried to make excuses. That it was a grimace, but it looked like a laugh to me. <laughs> <laughs> He, he was a great player, wasn't he? He was unplayable on his day. I remember seeing him play a few times thinking, decent, you are unplayable. But then other times, he's so lethargic. Yeah, it just depends on what, how much you're paying him, I think. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, Harry Redknapp's got some great stories about Adi Bayor on the Spurs Show podcast special when he was on it. Some really funny stories on there. Just sort of going back to Vertonghen. So Vertonghen, that was his first season and he was in the team of the season, as was Gareth Bale. If we can sort of sum up the season, was this a good season considering we, we were third pretty much for most of the season and then we ended up oh no we were in the top we were in the top three or four we were flirting around there wasn't there and then we sort of end up finishing fifth massive disappointment was it guys yeah because after we beat Arsenal in that game in March we, we you know we'd gone on an unbeaten run of 12 games and we beat Arsenal 2-1 the, the game where Bale and Lennon yeah. scored and we went seven points clearer than them third 
So from that point, we should have brought it yeah. home and we should have learned from the season before, which I keep saying, we'll, keep, we'll get around to it, but we should have learned from the season before and we didn't and we threw it away again. The draws towards the end of the season like wiped us out. But I mean, Peter, how do you feel about the season overall? You know, was it one of progression or was this sort of team, an ageing team, which was to be dismantled, did you think? No, it just, it just, just ended for me in, you know, on a sort of down note, the fact that that wretched march that we had just... It just felt like the season was capitulating down to the end, and it so it was an anticlimactic season for me, really. The both in the league. I think think it's a great point. There's one particular. I mean, the way we went out the FA Cup as well to Leeds. John O'Beaker, who was like I don't know who was standing in for. Who was our main? We we had a bit of a striking crisis in the middle of that season, didn't we? Yeah. I think there was a time where we were left with just Dempsey, and because Defoe, it was Defoe was really his last proper season, wasn't it? As a Spurs player, he had yeah. a decent year, but I, I do remember getting left with Dempsey in the middle of the season, and not, yeah. and he was our kind of only recognised striker. But yeah, yeah Obika, yeah, yeah Obika, yeah. it just just like it was just a keeper to me to beat. He just <laughs> he just skied it over the stadium, and I just remember shouting, "You idiot!" You know, I just I was so incandescent with rage. How would you sum up that season, Ian? I think Peter summed it up for me anticlimactic. I just felt really aggrieved that again we'd been, you know, ahead of Arsenal. It's just like a, it's a mental thing with some of the players. For me, again, you know, we invested sixty million. I think at the time others were spending a lot more. I don't know. Is it, is is it are we perennial underspenders and that's what's biting us biting us in the arse? Possibly that is it for me. But yeah, anticlimactic. So I think in summary we finished fifth, which possibly you know. Wasn't you know, isn't that bad, but um, I think the way the season unfolded, I think for me, was very disappointing, anticlimactic as well. An average point was three pound twenty nine, so it'd be brilliant <laughs> if we could all go down to the pub and spend three pound twenty nine on a pint these days, isn't it, boys? Could only dream of that right now, couldn't you? Could I just say something about the quality of what came in and what went out? I mean, when you're losing people like uh, Luka Modric and um, Van der Vaart, and I just don't think what came in was of the same quality. Jan was a good addition, but yeah. I think. I don't think Modric was really. Yeah. Dembele was a good addition as well, but he wasn't a Luka Modric no, for no, me at that time. Different type of player, I think. I, mean, I grew to love him, yeah. but uh, uh, not in the same way as Modric. He never replaced Modric. Totally agree. Anyway, guys, thanks for another little trawl through. I can't wait to get to a season where we're going to win a trophy. Not long to go now. Not long to, to go. Anyway, guys, keep safe. I will see you boys tomorrow. Cheers, man. Cheers, Ian.